So I'm going to start by telling you a little story from me when I was, I think this was about my 16th birthday. Um, and I was going to have a party and my parents agreed to let me have a party at home um, with the one rule being not allowed any alcohol there. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. Um, but then secretly agreed with a friend that she was going to bring some like Smirnoff ice. I don't know what that is. It's like an alco pop kind of drink. So she brought that along and we're having this party. It was in my house. My parents were upstairs. How I thought they weren't going to realize and find out, I don't know. But um, I had some Christian friends at the party with me and they knew about my parents' rule and they saw that we had the alcohol and they went outside the front door and all started talking. And, you know, to be fair to them, they were trying to honor my parents and do the right thing. Um, and it made me really upset because um, I was supposed to be having like a sleepover with some friends afterwards and they were all saying, no, we're gonna go home now. You know, you um, shouldn't have done this. And they were all outside having this kind of debate um, about what they were gonna do. Um, and they're all gonna leave. And my party was basically falling apart and I was really upset. And then my dad, um, finds out what's going on he comes down the stairs and I'm thinking oh no what's gonna happen and he opens the front door and he just says to my friends you know stop what you're doing come back inside the alcohol's been taken away stop ruining the party come back in and let and have a great time for Abby because it's her birthday and I don't think I appreciated as much as I should have at the time just how gracious and forgiving and amazing that was of my dad to do that for me. He was totally within his rights to have shut down the party, kicked everybody out and I, yeah, grounded me for a long time. And I think I probably did get into trouble afterwards for this, but in the moment he was so gracious and kind and stood up for me. And I actually remember having such a great time after that. I didn't need the alcohol. It was just silly me thinking I knew better. Um, and yeah, my dad basically saved the day. Um, so as you can tell from that story, I didn't, haven't always listened to my parents, haven't always obeyed them and taken their advice. Um, but I did respect them. And I do respect them now. And I still go to them for advice. Um, now um i do remember a lot of times when i was younger saying why or that's not fair about rules they would give us and i do also remember getting the response sometimes of because i said so which doesn't always go down very well i'd say to all the parents out there um but i was under their authority and most of the time i did listen to them and although I'm not completely under their authority now, but I still do talk to them and, and um, listen to their advice. Um, now I'm under the authority of my boss at work, um, my supervisor, and, and all of us are under some sort of authority, whether it's your teachers at school, uh, your parents, um, Mackie as pastor, 
uh, and the elders were under their authority in, under, in the church, um, if, we, if you're part of a different church, um, you get the picture. And all of us um, that are in England, as I hear some of us are not, so you are under the authority of the government of wherever you are, but we're under um, the authority of our government as well, and of Boris Johnson. And of all these people we're under the authority of, you know, they're qualified um, people um, who, generally speaking, know what they're doing um, and are in a position of power and, and we generally do trust them. Um, I know we don't all agree on what Boris Johnson says and we might not all like him and all, all trust him, but we are all obeying him right now. Um, with the rules that he and his team have set out to deal with um, the coronavirus situation, we are trusting him um, by not being at church and by um, trying to socially distance ourselves from others. Um, ultimately, we know that we are under God's authority and that we need to listen to him above all the other authorities in our lives. Um, before we move on to reading the passage for today, I have a little exercise for us all to do. So what I'd like you to do is just close your eyes and imagine what does God look like? And if you're feeling brave, I'd love if some of you could share what that picture that came into your head was of what God looks like. If you could type it into the chat. Thank you for sending those in guys, that's amazing. So we've got, it's got big arms all around us, light all around me. Um, a couple of times got that light. Yep, got the whole world in his hands. A loving father. He looks like Pete, someone said. <laughs> a couple of people have said, looks like Pete. Um, that's great, thank you so much for sharing that. And we'll come back to that later. <laughs> Pete times four. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing that, guys. Now um, we're going to read the um, passage for today. And I've got a little helper that's going to read it for me. Here you go. Good morning, everyone. Right, the screen. Hey, guys. Missing all your faces, but um, it's good that we can do this this morning. Uh, we're going to read Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 to eight. Ready? After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then, there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. 
don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. Thank you, John T, for that. Let's just readjust the screen. There we go. So let's pray. Father God, thank you so much that we can all be here this morning. Thank you for your precious word that we can um, read and talk about. And I just pray that you'd speak to each one of us this morning um, and use me in my words to bless everybody that's tuning in, whether live or later on. Yes, thank you, Father, that you're always with us and that we can listen to you wherever we are. Thank you, God. Amen. So, as John T. just read in Matthew 17, that is the story of the transfiguration where God, uh, sorry, Jesus um, was transfigured before the disciples. And prior to this point in, um, in the story, the disciples had already seen Jesus in action a lot. And to be honest, he wasn't what a lot of people had expected from the Messiah. And a lot of people were, um, you know, they knew that some sort of Messiah was going to come. Um, and Jesus obviously came, but he wasn't what, what they anticipated. Um, and to some, he was a disappointment. Um, he was um, just kind of an ordinary, ordinary looking guy. Obviously, I don't know what he looked like, but he was... He didn't come down like Hercules or um, like a superhero. He didn't have a crown or a huge army. He, um, he hung out with some of the rejects, with people that were um, ill and unwell. And he didn't, you know, hang out with the, the rich um, rulers and um, Pharisees and things like that. He, he served others. He wasn't like human royalty who, um, you know, if you see the queen, you can't apparently turn your back on her. And um, I'm sure she probably doesn't do very much for herself. She has people that dresses her and um, brings her food and everything. And that's not what Jesus was like. He totally didn't fit that stereotype of a king or a superhero or anything like um, people would imagine God on earth would look like and he preached this upside down kingdom as well of putting people um, putting the low up high and really put a high emphasis on serving others and eventually he was rejected it goes on in Matthew's talk about as we know the crucifixion and the fact that he was rejected even by his friends and his closest friends. The disciples ran away and were scared and um, denied him, even though they knew who he was. Um, so even just a few chapters before this, Peter, who went up um, the mountain in the verses John T read, he said that Jesus was the Christ. He, they knew that he was the Messiah. Um, but when they had a glimpse of Jesus' true glory, uh, they were so scared and they couldn't handle it. Um, they, yeah, were just terrified of seeing uh, Jesus 
in his, well, not in his true form, but just getting a tiny glimpse of who he really was. And Peter, I think it's interesting that Peter starts talking about um, putting up these shelters for Jesus and Elijah and Moses. Um, and he starts talking about that. And then God cuts him off and speaks over him. Um, and I think what that's trying to say is that we just need to listen, just need to listen to God. Um, Peter's reaction was to try and put up these shelters, to try and put them in a box and, you know, um, just doing what he thought was best when actually God came in and said, no, just listen to me. This is my son. Listen to him. I think that's a challenge for us that we don't put God in a box. I think our interpretation of, of God and of Jesus is limited by our imagination and our comprehension. We can't possibly understand really who God is and all his glory and majesty. As um, that exercise showed, I'm just look back at what people said, you know, what do we imagine God as? As looking like Pete? or looking like an old man with a beard sat on a cloud, a loving father, a light, a spirit. Um, we can't comprehend in our imaginations what God is. All we have to compare him to is um, to our earthly leaders. Um, you know, talking about our parents, our um, prime minister, that's the kind of earthly comparison we can make. But God is so much more than that. Um, and if we just listen to him, we can get a glimpse of that glory as the disciples did. Um, and if we look to the word and we look through, we see that God, he is fully qualified. He is the highest authority. He is at the top. He knows everything and he, um, he has the whole world in his hands. But at the same time as in being at the top, he's also right here with us. He knows what suffering is like. He has been a human. He can relate wholeheartedly to us. And he knows exactly who we are. He is right here with us. He's at the top and he's at the bottom with us as well. And what earthly authority can possibly say that? Even our own parents, you know, they know us, but they're not in authority and people that are in the authority, they don't know what it's like to be us. He is both and no one else can possibly claim that. Recorded throughout the Bible, there are so many, um, well, basically every character in the Bible went through difficult times and faced some sort of hardship. You just have to flick through to see that. And in all of it, God worked through everything. He was always there and things were always in his hands. Just a few chapters before what we've read this morning um, is a story of Jesus going into a boat with some of the disciples. And Jesus goes to sleep and um, a storm comes and the disciples are really scared. Um, and they think, we're going to drown. So they go and they wake Jesus up and they say, save us. We're going to drown. Help us. And Jesus just says, you have little faith. Why are you so afraid? The disciples, they couldn't see beyond the storm, but Jesus could. 
If only they had listened to him and truly heard what he'd been trying to tell them up to that point. And he continued to try and tell them during his ministry that he is in control. He is God. And then maybe they would have understood. If we listen to God, we will know that he sees every storm we're in. He knows when every wave hits us and when the sea will be calm. God is far above us in power and knowledge and sovereignty, but he also draws close to us. He understands us and he loves us deeper than we can ever comprehend. In our life, storms will come and they will pass. But God stays the same, ever seeing, ever loving, and ever in control. So I started this morning by talking about some of the earthly authorities, the human authorities we have in our lives. And these are good and important um, figures that we should listen to. But God is the ultimate authority. He's the ultimate leader, the ultimate parent, and the ultimate friend. And we can experience a glimpse of that glory, the glory that the disciples had such a privilege to see. We can get a glimpse of that if we just listen to him. And in God, we will find all that we need. And he's speaking to us right now through his word. That amazing truth in the Bible that, and the amazing truth is that he can speak to us corporately, but he can also speak to us individually. His words remain the same, but he speaks to each of our hearts differently because he knows us. We can all listen to him in different ways. I have really enjoyed going out into nature, um, seeing the spring uh, plants flowering and the blue, uh, blossom on the trees and that's been such a reminder to me that God is still working in this situation that a new season is coming and he hasn't forgotten us and it reminds me of um, those verses that do not worry about tomorrow and that God will um, he makes the plants beautiful so why do we need to worry about what we will wear and eat and things like that but God speaks to us all differently. I think it, it's so important to listen to him above the noise right now. There is so much noise. There is the news. There's things on social media. There's uh, fear mongering and um, just so much um, unhelpful noise um, and just general noise, even the helpful stuff. You know, what we need is to listen to him, to listen to God, because he is the king and he is sovereign and he knows everything and he knows us no one else can claim that there are so many great verses in the word um, that we can turn to in times of trouble and um, that tell us about how god who god is and how he can help us um, so i'm just going to read one of my favorite um psalms to finish um, which is Psalm 23 and as I read this um, I have some two challenges I want 
us to be thinking about now and as we go into the week. And the first one is, how do we put God in a box? How do we limit his power through our earthly perception? We can't truly comprehend who God is. We physically can't um, because we're human and we can't possibly imagine all the glory and power of God. But I think we can all do a little more to understand who he is and have that reality in our lives. So how do you put God in a box? How do you limit him? And secondly, today and this week, I challenge you to listen to him above the noise. Find a way that you connect with him and you can listen to him, whether that's going for a walk in nature, listening to worship, music, reading a psalm, whatever it is, choose to listen to him because he, he knows what's going on. He knows you and he wants to speak to you. So Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever.